Well, hello, and welcome to The Leadership Show. This is Harriet Schumacher, and I'm so happy, I'm honored, really, that you're choosing to spend some time with me here today. Uh, This podcast is really designed to have some honest, intriguing, hopefully a sprinkle of inspiration here uh, on the topic of leadership and what it takes to lead in today's uncertain and volatile environment. And I'm a certified executive coach. I have over 20 years of experience working with leaders globally. And by no means does that mean that I have all the answers. I just know some cool people. I've got some insights and sometimes some things that I wanna say. And so this podcast really is for your enjoyment. I hope that you tune in. I hope that you get some value out of it. And thank you again for tuning in onto the show. Today, I was really talking about goal setting and to give you uh, some ways to think about how to set goals for yourself for the year ahead. Maybe you have already done that. I don't know if you follow astrology at all. I'm a bit of a astrology um, fan, but right now the phase that we are in is really, really good for goal setting. So like vision boarding, writing out goals, business plans, you know, strategizing, anything like that, like which are really good time to be doing that right now. So today's conversation really is about giving you some time to pause and take stock, um, make some time for yourself. So I just kind of want you to think about what your um, intentions are for 2022. You know, what are you, what are you hoping for? Um, You know, are you looking for more for yourself this year? Or do you feel like, you want to wake something up for yourself this year. Uh, I think it's, you know, are you noticing that you're becoming more aware of certain things? Been very interesting for me, just the past couple of weeks, I've been reflecting on how much more aware I have become through this pandemic because, you know, time has slowed down by, by force in a way, right? Um, and so there's been a lot more reflective time. And I think that that's true for a lot of the people that I speak with. And so that's really good. You know, the fact that we're able to reflect more and slow down and be more conscious of our, our thoughts. Uh, so, you know, I think that that's a really p- positive aspect of, you know, what's happened in this pandemic is that we've had more time to become aware. And then, you know, my next thing that I really want you to think of is, you know, do you feel like, like, how do you feel like things are going for you right now in terms of your life, your career, what you're passionate about? You know, are things on track? Or are they off track? And so... I know that this, there's a lot of sort of discouraged energy right now at this beginning of this year, because, you know, we thought we were going to be further ahead than we are with the pandemic. Um, So if you're feeling discouraged, you are definitely not alone there. Um, And then when you reflect on last year, you know, whether last year was sort of a trial or a triumph for you, it certainly doesn't need to define this year at all, you know, and that's what I love about new year energy is that it's a, it could, you know, be a blank slate. In fact, every day can be a blank, blank slate if you really want it to be. Um, but when it comes to the future, you know, the potential is really limitless for you and for me and for all of us, right? 2022 can be, you know, an incredible year. It could be the best year of your life if you wanted it to be. And so this conversation is really uh, giving you the opportunity to imagine a better year for yourself. And I want to talk to you about how to set goals and give you some things to think about uh, as you are uh, thinking about planning uh, and imagining what a better year could look like. Because in the end, at the end of all of you know everything that I'm here to talk about, really, this is all on you. You know, it comes down to you. You determine your future. Uh, and so, if you can, you know, really think about, you know, hi. If you can really I'm just kind of put you on mute there. Uh, that's probably best there. Great. If you can uh, really think about what you want and do a little bit of vision casting and set some set, uh, set aside some time for yourself to set some goals, you know you're going to be way ahead of the pack. It's interesting because at this time of the year, what are we? January 10th. Most people have already, you know, all that New Year's resolution stuff. I'm not a New Year's resolutions kind of gal, but I know some people are, and you know, if it works for you, great. But statistically, uh, almost. I think around 25% 
people have already given up on their resolutions. So, you know, the fact that we are here having this conversation today, and for those of you who are going to be watching the recording, which I know so many of you are, um, you know, I want you to really think about that you get to determine your future. And so I want you to let go of your current circumstances for a bit. It's always good to set goals by kind of letting go of any kind of constraints, which is hard to do because it feels like there's a lot of them right now. But, you know, just imagine it's 12 months from now. So it's December 2022. You know, what's going on for you? What does it look like? What's happening? Where are you? What's going on? What have you accomplished? Because the beautiful thing about the future is that it hasn't happened yet. And you have the power to create it. You know, you have the power in the present moment right now to make a really positive impact on what you want the future to look like. And so at the end of the year, I did a taking stock session in December. And uh, I want to recap a little bit of that because I, I really do believe in the power of looking to the past to prepare for the future. And so last year is done, it's over. We're 10 days into the new year. And I think it's really, really important that uh, when you look at last year, you are, are able to take stock of the positives. Uh, so I want you to do that. I want you to grab a pen and a piece of paper, whether you're doing that with me now, or you're going to do this at another time. I want you to make sure that somewhere you take stock of your wins last year, wins, W-I-N-S, over the wins last year, despite whatever challenges you may have faced, there are always some wins. And so I want you to make sure that you write them down and you take a moment to celebrate them. Because sometimes we're so busy, like moving on to the next, and I'm gonna set the next goal, and it's a new year, and rush, 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 and push, 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 that we forgot to like sit back and really think about what we could celebrate and what were some of the successes that we had. I'm sure there's quite a few um, as you before you prepare on setting any new goals. So I'd shared with you, like one of my big wins was learning to slow down and become more reflective and more conscious and aware of my like patterns of thinking and behavior. And, you know, really that's beautiful that I'm feeling, you know, more centered and more grounded because of that. Right. Um, plus there's a whole bunch of other ones. And I know that there are some for you as well. So definitely I want you to create a page of what were last year's wins. And then I want you to think about, well, what are you really hoping for, for this year? Like, what are your hopes and dreams? And I want you to look at that really holistically. You know, what do you hope for in your relationships? What do you hope for in your career? Um, you know, what do you hope for uh, physically, you know, spiritually, if that is something that matters to you, mentally? you know, looking at the emotional side of your life, as well as the, you know, sort of more tactical, tangible side of your life. What are you looking for financially this year? Like all of those things are really important to take a look at. So put those into some buckets. And do you have some hopes and dreams, some things that you're really, really um, looking forward to? I'm hoping to travel this year. I am going to. <laughs> it will no longer be a dream. It will become reality. I am going to leave these four walls in my office, which I have been sitting in since March 2020. We will leave the house this year. <laughs> Can't wait, right? Um, so spend some time thinking about that. So I want to, before we get into goal setting and how to do it, uh, my recommendations for how to set goals, I do want to talk a little bit about beliefs because you've, uh, if you follow me on social media, you've probably been hearing me talk a lot about mindset and beliefs because it is, you know, and still remain, it always is. But when we're dealing with the complexities, what we're dealing with right now, it really is a mental game. A lot of mindset work is required to be able to sustain the energy and the focus and commitment that's required to be able to, you know, just lead our own lives, let alone lead teams of other people who are really feeling a lot of, um, you know, the stress of this pandemic as well and burnout is at an all time high. So, you know, I want to share with you that, you know, the biggest barriers that we face, you, me, everybody faces in really creating the lives and the careers that we want, the biggest barrier is the one that's inside our own head, 
you know? And so I want to talk a little, little bit before we get into goal setting about how um, and get you to look at how your beliefs shape your thoughts and actions, especially how they can limit you. And this is important because I've seen this, you know, working inside organizations, working on, you know, strategy work with teams and goal setting with different leaders and seeing how leaders can really play small with the goals that they set for themselves. And so, you know, that comes from a limiting belief and a lack of wanting, you know, fear of failure and all kinds of other stuff that goes inside of us, right? Um, so I want to spend some time just kind of looking at that for you because it all starts with beliefs. And, you know, most of the time, it's not our circumstances that are necessarily holding us back. It is our thinking. And so our beliefs that we hold about anything really do shape our reality. And so your beliefs, your mindset, you know, the conversation that you have with yourself uh, can take us, you know, to cause, can cause us to take risks and do things that are outside of our comfort zone, or they can cause us to play it safe. And so in order to kind of go all in, uh, or we give up before we have even started, like you can see how your beliefs about things can really limit you. And that's what we call a limiting belief. Uh, your beliefs can help you think creatively and be a really a, you know, adept problem solver and adapt in the face of adversity, or you can just accept you know, the cards that you've been dealt and say, there's nothing that I can do about it. Like this is happening to me and it's out of my control. So what I want you to know is that your beliefs are within your control. When the world feels like so, so, so out of control, this is the mindset game that's really, really important for all of us right now is to recognize that what we are saying to ourselves about what is happening to us is within our control. We get to choose that. And we all have, you know, limiting beliefs. We all have them. And so you might think something like, well, I don't have enough experience. I hear that a lot from women. Or I don't know, like, I'm not a very good writer. Uh, or I'm not a very good public speaker. Or I always quit. Or I'm, I suck at technology. Or I suck at math. That's my daughter's favorite one. Or I'm just not very good with money. Or I've hit, I've heard this a lot. I've hit the ceiling in my career. I'm surprised by how many women that I heard that from uh, who are, you know, more uh, tenured in their career. And they're like, yeah, I don't want any more career growth. Like I've hit the ceiling in my career. Or I'm not self-disciplined enough. I don't know how to hold myself accountable. I'm not creative. I'm not innovative. Uh, I can't, I can't repair that relationship. I'm not smart enough. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, it's probably going to be a failure. And if it's a failure, I'll never be able to recover. I'll never be able to bounce back from this failure. And so, you know, the list of all the things that we feel like we can't do gets really, really long, really, really fast. And so there are as many limiting beliefs as there are people really, maybe even times 10. And so, you know, I really want you to think about how do you overcome those limiting beliefs before you get into any kind of goal setting? Because if your headspace isn't in the right headspace, then you're probably not going to set like amazing goals, right? Like, does this make sense? You've got a whole bunch of mindset work and, you know, all this like heavy stuff sitting in your head. And then you go to set some goals, you're going to be, there's going to be a lot of negative self-talk spinning around in your head there, right? So the first thing that you want to do is you know, confront and recognize the limiting belief head on. And so a couple of ways that you can uh, identify if a belief is a limiting belief, and we call it limiting because it's holding you back in some capacity, right? That's what that means. There's a couple of different ways of being able to diagnose if it's a limiting belief. One is that it's sort of very black and white or very linear in its thinking. Uh, if, if you feel like it's personalizing something uh, in some way, uh, if it's um, like looking at a situation, like it's going to be a catastrophe, like it's going to be, you know, darkness will prevail and horrible things will happen. And then also universalizing the belief, like always happens or never, you know, you can hear those, that kind of language that creeps up with limiting beliefs. That's pretty, that's probably a sign that you're holding yourself back in some way or you're limiting yourself in some way. 
And so these limiting beliefs that you hold could be about you. They could be about, you know, others. They could be about the world around us. I mean, it could be about anything really. And they have probably come from past experience. Like there could be some truth to them. Doesn't mean that they're not based on some form of reality. Uh, it could come from the media. I just watched the movie uh, with my um, family on the weekend. It's called Don't Look Up by Leonardo DiCaprio. Like all the lights went on for me. If you haven't watched it yet, you should watch it. Really powerful, especially when it comes to media and how that is like conditioning us, which we, we kind of already know that. But I looked at it through the lens of what's happening in this pandemic. And it really made me take action on some things like turning off the news. Anyway up to you to take a look at and see for yourself. But it can also come from your social circle, like the people that you hang around and kind of how they think about themselves in the world and what their belief constructs around things are, right? So the point here with all of this is to recognize them and to call it out and to, you know, all, almost recognize that like the belief is not you, you are the person observing the belief, if that makes sense. Uh, also, it's important to look at the difference between like scarcity-based thinking, like scarcity means there's not going to be enough to go around, there isn't enough, and abundance thinking. Because, um, you know, when we're setting goals, we definitely want to be setting goals from a place of abundance and what's possible and, you know, thinking big and finding the good, uh, because that's going to lead us, you know, to far more fulfilling uh, goal setting, but also better lives, better careers, right? And so are there places where you think that scarcity-based thinking might be showing up for you? Really meaning like there's not enough to go around. Uh, that's the type of mindset that that really is. If so, if you're noticing some of that and be totally normal if you were, it might be you know, an indication that you've got some limiting beliefs there. So first you gotta recognize it. Like, what is it? What does it sound like? What do I say to myself? Then you need to write it down and you gotta get honest. You, you know, what is the limiting belief? Um, it could be anything, you know, it could be like some of those things that you heard on the list that I gave of the things that I hear a lot of from people. Um, you know, whatever it is for you, you need to record it word for word. Um, so tuning in and listening into it by, because by writing it down, you begin to externalize it. It becomes, you know, instead of an inside of you conversation, now you can like look at it objectively, observe it, and you can evaluate it then you can really interrogate that belief and start by really evaluating whether or not that belief is true. Um, and then also ask whether it's useful or empowering. So this is a really good criteria. Once you look at the belief and you say, okay, well, here's what I'm saying to myself. Is this belief helping me or empowering me? If the answer is no, then you know it's time to like, flip the switch, you know, is it enabling you to accomplish the outcomes that you want? Or is it holding you back? Is it preventing you from getting what you really want? And then you have to either reject it as not true or reframe it. So reframing, and you'll hear me talk about this a lot over the next little while, is really, really, really important competency for leaders today. Because there's a lot of negativity out there, a lot of really heavy mindset, really a lot of limiting beliefs. And, you know, no surprise, like it's been a bit of a gong show, right? <laughs> so I'm not talking about being positive patty all the time. That's not it. What I am talking about is knowing how to reframe things. Be able to look at it realistically, but look at it for what it truly is. So if a limiting belief is simply false, you can simply reject it and say, that's false, that's untrue, it's not true. And your brain really likes to hear that. If you look at the, if you listen to the talk um, with Dr. Mallory here in the network, she did a talk about uh, that kind of thinking that your brain really likes that fact-based thinking as a way of managing the stress response and, you know, calming down your stress hormones. So, uh, but there's got to be enough truth in them sometimes that they can be hard to deny when we have limiting beliefs. You're kind of like, well, you know, is it true or is it not true? Could be, could happen, you know? 
Um, but just because a limiting belief is partly true or even true at all, that doesn't mean you have to settle for it. It doesn't mean that that's all you are entitled to, right? And so you, this is when you can reframe it. And maybe, so maybe you think like, uh, like I used to think this about myself all the time. Like I'm not a details person. And I would say that to people as a way of like excusing my messiness. And you know, I'm not, it's not my strength. I know that, like I'm you know, truth to it. Um, but does that mean like, that's it? I can't learn or grow in that capacity or I can't find um, ways to become more detailed. And so, you know, is it really necessary for me to just make that absolute about myself? If I did, I'd be limiting myself in some capacity. I wouldn't be able to learn or grow or evolve or become stronger in that capacity. So I could reframe it and say, um, you know, this is what I say now. I'm not a detailed person and I need details. I need help with that. So I could either collaborate with someone who is really detail oriented or I can get, you know, I can learn to simplify and focus in on the things that really, really matter, uh, you know, focus in on the details that really matter most. So then the last step here, before we get into goal setting, which we're going to go to in just a second, is to revise the belief. And so when I, when I think about that, I feel like, like it's like a liberation in a way, um, rather than like self-deprecating, shameful thought, limiting belief stuff, like self-doubt, low confidence, that kind of limiting belief. So we're going to revise it. We're going to rewrite it. And so I'm really talking about like reorienting your thinking around a new liberating truth. So if, for instance, you think, you know, I'm too old to be considered for that job opportunity. You know, they're not going to hire me. They're looking for somebody young, some young, fresh talent as I speak to you with like my wrinkles and my double chin, I'm feeling old today. Um, you know, you might think, well, you know, you could say to yourself, like, I'm too young for that job, if that's what you're saying, but you might be able to say, um, I've got more energy, enthusiasm and experience than other candidates do. You know, that's a very different perspective. So you see the distinction here is that the old belief holds you back. The new one gives you a, a foothold and allows you to be able to make some progress, be able to move forward. One keeps you stuck. The other one helps you to move forward. And then, you know, reorienting yourself to the new belief initially can kind of feel a little bit awkward because it's almost like you're faking it. You're like, yeah, okay. I'm just telling myself this is what I think, even though it's not really what I think about myself. Uh, because that old limiting belief you've probably held on to for a really long time. So it feels really true, right? And so the trick is to start living as if it's true. And so you got to put that new belief to work. And so every time that old belief crops up, you got to reject it, you got to reframe it, and you got to restate that new, more liberating truth for yourself. And the more you do that, the more you catch yourself at the act and put that new belief to work for you, the more you're going to start to rewire and rework that mindset and that system. Um, and so I want you to think about that for yourself as you begin to think about this year. You know, what are some of your limiting beliefs? Where are, and you may not know what they are. Um, but maybe, you know, you, maybe you do, maybe, you know, some of the things that you say to yourself that hold yourself back and, you know, because the future is a blank canvas for you to design however you choose, but the first step in getting clear on what you want is definitely, you know, looking at last year, celebrating the wins, thinking about what you really want to accomplish this year, and then confronting some of those limiting beliefs that you know are part of your makeup and confronting them head on, doing some work there. Uh, because your beliefs will shape your reality and they will hold you back and you can up, but you can upgrade them. And it's a great time right now for us to upgrade our beliefs because boy, oh boy, this is the work, you know, it's easy to sit like a lump on the sofa every day saying, oh, woe is me and having our COVID pity party day in, day out. But like, how is that helping us really? You know, it's not. 
um, even though it sucks. Like that is true. That's absolutely true. There are lots of things that we can be doing to make sure that we still, in the midst of all of this, really have the best year that we really want to have. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, really important that every single one of the women here recognizes that you don't have to live a life and settle for a life or a career that's limited by this, like barriers that are in your head, by these lies that you're being, you know, your brain is telling you. And so you got to take control of your thoughts. Really my first big piece of advice here for this year, if you want to create a career in life that you want, you got to take control of your thoughts and recognize that a lot of those thoughts that are in there are not really true. They're just stories that you've made up to protect yourself or based on experience. And you gotta let some of that shit go. Gotta let it go, okay? So, uh, you know, I posted this on social media today as I was thinking about this talk and I was saying, you know, you have to really think about what's a more useful, resilient or empowering way to think about the world right now or others or yourself, it's gonna help you move forward and take action. It's ultimately gonna serve you better. And I want you to really assume two things that number one, you have the power to make a difference everywhere. All of you do have the power to make a difference. And having limited resources, whatever that looks like is not really an obstacle, okay? And so thinking about what can I do uh, in order to really be able to move things forward. So once you've done some of this work, you're kind of ready and primed to think about designing your future and setting some goals for what you want this beautiful year to bring. And so it's time to find a little bit of clarity. So uh, I want to take whatever is on top of your mind, whether it's resolutions or goals that you're working on, aspirations, and transform them into something powerful. I think it's really important that you have your goals written down. I have mine in a note on my phone. Um, I use a planner, so I transfer them into a paper uh, process as well, but you know, you gotta have your goals written down. They can't all live up here because, um, you know, just the chance of them actually coming to fruition statistically is much higher if you have your goals written down. And so you want them to be written down and I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about how I like to set goals. Um, I'm surprised by how much people struggle with writing goals. I see a lot of like good attempts, but just the way in which they're written isn't really going to, you know, it's not really indicative of success. It feels more like an intention than a goal, which, you know, I'm not here to pick that apart or anything. I'm just here to add some more, um, meat on the bone, if you will. Right. So you've probably heard of SMART goals. I'm sure you've heard of that. That's been taught, you know, forever and ever and ever. And so, you know, SMART is an acronym. And I think it was General, Elect General Electric, that company, GE, that pioneered that approach many, many decades ago. And so uh, I've expanded on that a little bit. And so you can get, uh, you know, a better result with your goal setting. And so the acronym is SMARTER, not SMART. So you want to be smarter. We're already smart, right? <laughs> so um, the first S in this acronym is around being specific. And so when I say specific, you know, focus is really power. Uh, you know, you can drive the same amount of water through two pipes and create greater force in one pipe just by reducing its diameter, right? Same amount of water, but it can become more forceful. So that's what happens when we narrow our focus, when we narrow our goals. Sometimes our goals are like too big. I'm gonna talk about that too, but um, the more specific you are, the more likely you are to engage and be more focused, have more persistence, be more clear about what the finish line looks like, the more specific you are. It's like the same is true when giving somebody feedback, right? If you give somebody really vague feedback, you know, they're probably not going to make any change. And I talk about specific as like, if you're like goals are a, a navigation tool designed to help you get somewhere. So if you ever use a GPS and got in your car and your GPS gave you like vague directions, you know, it wasn't really specific, like turn left 
in 2.5 kilometers at exit 2B. If it just was like, yeah, you're doing great, you know, make a left turn when you feel like it, you're not going to get where it is that you want to go, right? So vague goals also don't inspire us. They're kind of like, meh, meh. but specific goals really, I think, allow us to channel our creativity and our effort. And so uh, it, it should lay out precisely what it is that you want to accomplish. So that's S. M, the second letter here, is immeasurable. This is important for a couple of reasons. Without any kind of measurement, how do you know if you've accomplished your goal or not? You have to have be able to measure whether you've achieved your goal or not. It's not very helpful or inspiring to say you want to make more money than last year. I mean, who doesn't, right? So how much more? You know, there's a big difference between saying like, uh, you know, a, a big difference between a cost of living adjustment or a salary increase of 30%. So I always tell women, you have to know the number Let's just say that money is what you want to increase this year. Okay, so by making a goal measurable, you're establishing the criteria of success. Without that, you're kind of floundering a little bit and not necessarily really being able to articulate what does success look like in accomplishing that goal. So it has to be measurable. You have to measure you know, where you are now and where you will be when you achieve it. So I like to work with an X to why, by, when, measurable criteria. So you need to know like, where am I now and where do I wanna be by when? Uh, the A in the SMARTER acronym is actionable. And so uh, goals are fundamentally, you know, what you're gonna do, you know? So when you're, you need to be able to know what does this actually look like? Like, how do I take action on this? What does it look like behaviorally for me to do this? What would other people see me doing if I was doing it? What are the steps that I need to take? Um, so when formulating your goals, you have to know like, what's the first action that I need to take? And the easiest way to do this is to use a strong verb to describe and prompt the specific action you want to take. So you don't want something to be like, um, be or have as a goal statement. Like, how do you know when you'll be it? How would anybody else know when you would be that way? Or how will you know when you have it? You know what I mean? Like, it's not, a, uh, or I am uh, more collaborative. I will, I am more collaborative. Like, well, how, why, how will you do that? So um, you want a verb, like, like it has to be an, a verb is an action. I know back to school here. Harriet, the teacher back to school, teaching us verbs today, like what's going on? <laughs> but you want a verb like I will run or I will finish or I will eliminate X, Y, Z. So it's clear, like what are the steps that you need to take when you're writing your goal statement? Uh, the next one, the R is risky. You know, this girl loves getting people to take some risks. I love risky goals. And so here's why. In the previous acronym, R stood for realistic. Wah, wah. What's realistic life? My life is realistic. It's a little too realistic lately for me. Thank you very much. I'm all done with the realness. <laughs> I know about you. What? That's what the old R used to stand for. Realistic. So, uh, you know, but what if we start asking what's realistic, I think you're setting the bar too low, way too low for yourself. Like realistic, I don't know. I mean, I get it. You want to succeed and you want to accomplish it. But I think we can, we can trigger this natural desire to avoid loss by setting realistic goals. And this is what I would see happen on teams time and time again, is they would set these goals that were like a safe bet. And then we get a bonus for achieving it. I'm like, really? You didn't have to work on that at all. It was like a no brainer. And you got a bonus tied to that? Huh? I don't know. Like if you're leading a team, wouldn't you want your team to maybe set some realistic or sorry, some risky goals? Don't you want to like incentivize them? Like, so I think of these as like stretch goals, right? And so 
What ends up happening though, if we're too realistic with setting our goals is that we end up accomplishing less than we might have. And so um, the founder of Success Magazine, his name is Sweat Martin, very interesting name. Uh, He said this, he said, all who have accomplished great things have had a great aim, have fixed their gaze on a goal which was high, one which sometimes seemed impossible. And if you've studied any of Carol Dweck's work, her book on mindset, she has an incredible TED talk called The The Power of Believing That You Can. You know, there's a lot of evidence that supports if you set a goal that is just out of reach, that's risky, you're probably going to overachieve in that capacity. Like it's, you know, yeah, realistic goals are, I don't know, kind of like a wet paper bag in a way, right? I don't know if that, why that's the analogy that I'm coming up with here, but go with me people. Okay. So in other words, you know, we rise to the challenge of things, but I think we kind of hold back and downplay things when it's easy, when it's easy or too easy, this challenge us. And so if you want something to be better, you got to recognize the discomfort is the catalyst for growth. There's so many cliche sayings out there about this, but it's true. Change comes from being uncomfortable, right? And so it, because it forces us to strive, it forces us to change, evolve, adapt, right? And your goals need to stand somewhere outside of your comfort zone in order for you to be excited about them. And so that's what risky is all about. Not realistic. Realistic sounds like boring. Okay. T stands for time bound. So definitely you need to have time associated with your goals. Like when will you achieve achieve them by? And there are different time um, measurements, time criteria that you can set with your goals. So it could be a deadline. It could be a frequency. It could be a start date. It could be a a streak target over a period in time. And so, um, you know, you figure out what your timeframe measurement for your goals should be. Uh, maybe it's like over a period in time. That's like a streak target over a period in time. You want to be able to sustain or maintain something. There could be a threshold there. And so uh, I think you can look at goals as achievement goals or habit goals. And so achievement goals are focused more on like a one-time accomplishment. I want to do it. I want to achieve it. I've never achieved it before. I'm going to achieve it once. And that's my goal. Accomplished, right? Uh, Maybe that's like paying off your credit card. Maybe you're going to run a half marathon or you're going to finish writing a book, right? Um, Deadlines are really essential for achievement type of goals because they drive action and they give you like a finish line, okay? Um, Habit goals are more like that streak stuff that I was talking about. So you want to maintain... Maybe you have a a habit goal of drinking a certain amount of water per day, or maybe you want to go to the gym five days a week or two days a week. Um, You know, maybe you want to shut, get eight hours of sleep. So, you know, habit goal is tracking it over a period in time, doing something consistently or repeatedly to be able to achieve a result. And so which one is it for you? Is it an achievement goal or a habit-oriented goal? So the E in my acronym is around it being exciting. So your goal should be exciting, right? It should be something that you're like, really want to work towards. And so research, researchers say that we stand a better chance of reaching our goals if we are internally motivated to do so. External motivations might work for a while, but if we're not getting something intrinsic, something from inside of ourselves from the goal, chances are we're probably going to lose interest. And so the problem is most of us set goals that we think are good for us. And if we're being really honest, a lot of us set goals that other people think are good for us. So we kind of can be doing goals to like please and appease other people but it's not something that we're really that excited about. And this is really true inside a lot of organizations when goals are set for other people and then handed down. And the person's like, I'm not very excited about this goal. Like, oh, you're going to have, you're going to have a tough time. So that's why we want people to set their own goals, right? 
And so the trick is to set goals that are, you know, not only personally important, but also inspiring. Like you can imagine what life will be like when you accomplish it and it excites you or motivates you in some way, right? Because if you don't find your goals personally compelling, whether they're goals at work or goals for your, you know, personal life, I'm, you're not going to have the motivation to push through when things get tough, when things get tedious. And that's why the whole like New Year's resolution thing kind of falls flat. It's because we get so like caught up in the, this is what we're supposed to do. And this is what everybody else is doing. So let's set a resolution. But we weren't really like that excited about it in the first place, right? So they can fall flat. And so this is really where you're going to have to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, like, does this goal inspire me? Does it engage my heart? Like, do I feel something when I contemplate accomplishing this goal? Am I willing to work hard to make it happen? And so you might even ask if you find it fun. You know, all of these questions get at something we'll cover in a minute, but you got to remember why you're doing this. That's, I always ask that question in coaching when I'm working on building leadership development plans. In the leadership development plan document, I'm like, okay, what's your goal? And then why this goal? Why is it important to you, to others? You know, why is this important to the business? Why this goal right now? You have to know why. And so remember that when you're, you're setting risky goals, you're probably going to be tempted to quit at some point because it's going to get tough and you're going to have some adversity and some setback, right? So only when the goal is exciting, will you be able to tap into that internal motivation that you're going to need to stay the course and really achieve your goal. And the last letter here uh, is relevant. So if you're going to succeed, you need the goals that you're working on uh, to align with the legitimate demands and chaos <laughs> and needs of our lives. And this particular attribute comes at the end of the list because this is a gut check. This is you know, really where you're like, okay, uh, before I commit to this, I just want to make sure that I'm choosing the right thing. Because, you know, before you commit, before you sign off and like go start to work on this, you know, it's important that you check in with this so that you're, you know, you're lining up with where you might stumble. Because your goals should align with your values. Your goals should align with your life and what is possible for you in this moment in time. Um, and this should seem obvious, but, you know, I know a lot of really high achieving women who set really big, bold, bodacious goals. And then they're like, I, I just can't find, like, I can't find the time to squeeze this in. Like, what, what am I going to say no to, um, you know, when I'm trying to accomplish so many things and I've got so many different roles that I play. Right. Um, but sometimes, you know, we feel this, this, this need to like bend to outside pressure and to, you know, we compare our lives to other people. We compare our careers to other people and like, you know, where we should be at at this stage in our life. And we can get forced, we can try to conform or bend to pressure. Um, and so I always want you to think about like, who are you setting these goals for? And whose definition of success are you really trying to live your life by is it yours or is it somebody else's because the pressure can be really intense sometimes and so I just want to make sure that you check that the goals that you are setting are aligned with the core of who you really are and who you want to become because the pressure could be social it could be professional like whatever but you need to resist the temptation to gear your performance for others to, to cast your performance for other people because you're trying to prove something, you know, you're trying to get yourself worth um, from achieving that goal. He, we got to be mindful. It's not, a, this is, your life is not a competition, right? The only person you're really competing against is you. And so if you find that your value somehow goes against your values or what you believe, or you're like, oh, I don't know, this, this feels like out of alignment somehow, you know, you got to gut check that. You have to set goals that are going to work with who you are, the amount of time that you can dedicate to do it, and ultimately what you care the most about, you know, what you really care the most about. So if you're not sure what your values are, 
this would also be a good thing to do is like recommitting to your values and to what really matters most for you. Uh, and then making sure that these goals are in alignment with that. So you don't suffer from an integrity outage at some point along the way of working towards these goals. <coughs> the last couple of things I'm going to say here is, you know, you need the goals, whatever you're going to create. I usually say like one to three goals max. Shouldn't have more than that. It's too much. But the goals um, that align amongst themselves, they should be relevant together. If you set yourself up, and organizations do this a lot, they set up multiple conflicting goals. And what happens in, when that, when we do that, when we have lots of goals, they don't really support each other, they don't speak to each other, you know, you're going to have to take time off from this one over here to go and work on that one over there, like it's just, it can create a lot of chaos. Um, you'll get a lot of friction, you'll get frustration, and you're going to end up having to make choices anyway. And so you don't want to set yourself up to be working against yourself. You know, you'll experience more, you know, pain than progress. And so you don't, um, you know, so, so really just making sure like, if I'm setting multiple goals, is this possible? Is this, you know, kind of, uh, will they support each other or are they at odds with each other in some way? Um, if the answer to that is yes, you might need to make some choices. You, you might need to eliminate one or say, maybe it's not, this isn't the one for me right now. Um, you know, sometimes you can, we can drift. Uh, and, you know, I had, this is a big lesson for me. I was speaking from experience, like where you might just like get caught up in creating a goal and it actually detracts from how you want to show up how you really want to work, how you want to lead, what you want your life to be like, and you can feel it. You're like, why do I say yes to this? This is not what I want to be doing. This is not like, what, how did I get here? You know? And so I've had lots of experience working with clients over the years who've said the same thing, like looking back, I wish I had never said yes to that. Or I wish I'd never gone down that or set that goal for myself because it's not really aligned with who I want to be. And so I think this happens when we've got a lot on our plate uh, when we, we're really busy and we don't have the time to focus. So that's why setting the time, and not that you're not busy right now, but starting off at the, the beginning of the year, getting clear on this is really important. So you don't get like uh, drawn in by, you know, those kind of squirrely moments, those like kind of shiny moments where you're like, oh, that's a great idea when your energy is low and you just say yes to things because you're already feeling defeated. You know, you're not really thinking strategically, you're more thinking emotionally. So um, it, it can be really a train wreck when we have too many things that are going on at once and we can get overwhelmed, right? By goal misalignment and lack of confusion and clarity around our priorities. So, you know, to be fair, sometimes our aspirations are really a lot bigger than our calendars will allow, than time will allow. And so you got, the main thing that I'm trying to point out for you here is you have to watch your bandwidth, like what you can actually handle. So, you know, I say, I recommend setting no more than three goals a year, three big goals that's going to take work. Um, there are other, you know, trains of thought on that. I know some organizations cascade down like 10 goals per individual. I don't know. I think some goals matter more than others. And, um, you know, if you look at all 10 goals, would they actually follow that smarter um, rubric? Probably not. And so, uh, but I would say no more than two to three goals per quarter. So you can write new ones each quarter if you feel like you can accomplish them and that's the approach that you wanna take. Like some people set annual goals and then break that down into quarterly goals and then break that down into monthly, weekly, daily. It's a great process. Uh, but I would not be working on 10 things at once. Like there's a lot of diminishing returns. The chances of you being able to succeed with those 10 are very, very slim. Uh, but that would include when I talk about setting goals, I'm talking about personal goals and professional goals. I think everything lives in the same place. We are whole people. You shouldn't have these two goals in two different places. And that's when they're integrated, they should support one another, right? It's like, I know that my health goals for my taking care of myself are directly connected to what's going to happen for me on the professional side. They support and reinforce one another. Um, so I can't compartmentalize them. I have to see them both in the same place so that I know that like I'm taking care of my whole self, not just part of myself. 
And so of course, when you finish a goal, if you complete one, or you just decide like, yeah, this is not the goal that I was hoping for, you can complete it, you can delete it, and you can work on a new one. But I don't, I want you to avoid overloading of your goal list because that'll just undermine your focus and will, you know, really get you away from achieving the results that you want. So that's the SMARTER acronym. And so to recap again, SMARTER stands for specific, measurable, actionable, risky, time-bound, exciting, and relevant. So what I would encourage you to do now is uh, before the month of January is up, which we've got some time, I would encourage you to take some time out for yourself and do the things that I've suggested for you here today. So what were your wins from last year? Write them all down. We've got to celebrate the successes. Uh, what are your hopes and dreams for this year? And then I would start to design your future a little bit looking at where are some of those limiting beliefs? What are they? I've given you some tools to really confront those head on. So are there any beliefs that you just need to come to terms with and let go of that is not coming with you as you move forward into 2022? And then I would encourage you to say, okay, what are my annual goals this year? Uh, no more than 10, knowing that you can only work on two to three per quarter. What do you really want to achieve this year? And take some time out for yourself to map that out Maybe it's on a one-page sheet uh, and do that before the month is up and see what you can manifest. And so this is the beginning of a great year. I would love to hear what it is you're working on. If you can put your goals down, you want to post them in Slack so we can see what it is you're working towards. We can celebrate with you. If you have any questions about how to write them or phrase them, if you want some feedback on that, you're more than welcome to send them my way. And I'll be happy to coach you and give you some feedback on how you can improve the quality of your goals and the writing of them because the writing of them and the intention and energy you put behind them is really, really important. Okay, and then you need to make them visible. They need to be somewhere where you see them. So I don't know what kind of a planning system that you use. If you don't use one at all, this should be the year that you should get one. Everything should be all in one place, whether you plan on paper or whether you plan digitally, but you definitely want to integrate this whole process into a system. So your goals, you need to make time in your calendar to work on them. So what does that system look like for you? Because writing them down and putting them in a book is one piece, but then you got to take action on them. So, you know, do you time block out time to work on these goals? Like, when are you going to work on it? So you need to build that into your day, your week, your month, your year. Um, and there are lots of different um, approaches to like time management and productivity. Uh, that you can take a look at, you know, online, but how to make sure that you're carving out time to work on your goals, because that is what's required in order to accomplish them. You've got to take strategic time out to work on them. Otherwise, life just gets in the way. And this year could look very much like last year. And I hope that you're well. Uh, I hope you're taking care of yourself and you're getting what you need. And thank you so much for being here today. And I will talk to you very soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. Wow.